Hello and welcome to Non-Essential Workers. I'm your host, Marlena. Today, I had the absolute pleasure of speaking with someone new to me, a wonderfully talented, friendly, and brave individual by the name of Bev Standing, who is a full-time international voice actor working mainly in commercial corporate explainers, e-learning trainings, and on-hold IVR. Bev recently won a Reed Award for Best Radio Ad National Mayoral Campaign. She was also chosen as Private Education and Development Awards Best E-Learning Voiceover Artist Canada in 2019 and 2021, and has received eight SOVAS nominations. In the fall of 2020, Bev discovered that her voice was being used for a text-to-speech translation on TikTok without her permission. As a result, she has since decided to pursue a lawsuit against the social media giant to seek justice for herself and artists to come. In this episode, we speak about voice acting as an art form, Bev's discovery of her voice on TikTok, and why this lawsuit is important. Please share Bev's story with the hashtag, hashtag #StandingWithBev to show your support for her during this time. You can learn more about Bev and her work at www.bevstanding.com. She's also on Instagram at bevstanding and on Facebook at bevstanding voice talent. The beginning of this episode will start by playing you a TV commercial demo done by Bev. As always, please feel free to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, show your support. And as always, please enjoy. This was a really good one for me. It was a shocking scene. He was shot five times. Detective Marceau had witnessed the gruesome aftermath of crimes of passion more than once in her career. But this one was different. Some of the pieces are starting to fit together a little, but we have a long ways to go. The fact that this was likely the work of a 13-year-old girl left the seasoned detective deeply shaken. Ben and Melissa had finally found their dream home. This is nice. Wow. Yes. A rambler. It was perfect for the couple's three small children, as there were no stairs to worry about. I think it has the most potential. Now, the only question was price. We negotiated that thing like crazy. The owners wanted $30,000 more than Ben and Melissa had in their budget. It's crunch time, literally, as the final three chefs perform the first of their preliminary challenges. I like chicken wings. We're about to find out who can create the perfect fried chicken. I gotta fry up these chicken wings, but the deep fryers are all occupied. No one likes a soggy coating, and if the skin doesn't have just the right amount of crunch... My pan's not even hot, but I have to just go for the best. Chef Tom is ready to send our contestants packing. Hi. Hi. Um, well, I, I really appreciate you responding to my email and being willing to um, talk to me. It's uh, an honor to, yeah, to speak with you. Uh, thank you. It's an honor to be here. It's nice to meet other people and, and uh, it share my story. And so I created this podcast with the idea in mind of, um, yeah, creating a platform for artists and um, people who do creative work. So I came across your story on CBC and um, it's something that I've been thinking about a lot uh, just because I feel like the technology is moving so fast that it's kind of like the wild west out there and there the 
the legislation has not caught up with what's happening. Do you want to start by telling anyone who's listening a bit about yourself, what you do? And then if you'd like to get into your story, you're welcome to do so. Sure. Well, my name's Beth Stanning and I'm a voice actor and that's how I introduce myself. Um, Back in 2008, I decided to take a voiceover workshop. Just I needed something to get out of the house. So I found a course and that was what was there. And I took it and it was really fun. And so I started taking improv at Second City in Toronto, which was so Mm. much fun. I was in a class with like drama graduates. So I was, you know, I'm in my fifties and it's like, oh my goodness, but it was fun and they were so accepting. So I did five levels of that. Then I started taking some acting classes and more voice kind. I realized this this is actually a a career or at least a part-time something to keep me busy. And uh, I'd like to say luck. Uh, hard work, dedication, and full-time training almost uh, on top of my day job. And it started to, I started earning an income and found ways to to uh, find work and meet some fabulous people. I must say, out of all the industries I've ever been in, the voiceover industry is the most caring, most giving, most kind, most non-competitive industry. And when you're talking entertainment, you know, a lot of people don't tell you about auditions or gigs they have because they don't want you to meet their client. And here it's like, you know what? I can't do it, but I got a friend that sounds a lot like me. You want to listen to her, you know, like we just don't care. So it's, and, and your voice is very unique as is, you know, as a musician, you you can all play an instrument but some just have, you know, your personality shines through and it becomes unique to you. And the voice is very much the same because everything is done with emotion and my emotion about a topic or um, a color even is different than yours. So the way we read, the way we speak, it's always done with an emotion and it comes through in your voice. We always say, even just on hold messaging, um, you can tell when someone's smiling on the other end you can tell when they're like Mm -hmm. hi thanks for calling you can hear it in their voice Mm -hmm. and it makes you want to stay on the line so it's you know little things that so but that's what I do so I audition and then I get work and then I audition some more and then I get work and and then when I'm not doing that I'm doing my book week book uh, book work and marketing and you know solar (laughs) it's just me so we do it all it's a it's a full-time job for me but I Mm -hmm. love it it's not work That's amazing. And how long was it before you were able to um, move full time into the voice acting? So my first course was in 2008. And in the the January, I guess, of 2014, I went to my boss and said, it's winter. I can't do much outside. I'm just doing find work, you know, projects for the for the winter months. I said, can I just take a three month leave of absence? I want to see how this goes. And they went, you'll be back. Right. And I went, yeah. Three weeks later, they had my uh, resignation. Wow. Did you plan that or no? No, but what I did is I I just auditioned like crazy and I kept booking and I kept booking and I kept booking. And I just said, you know what? I got to try. So I did. Good for you. That's so awesome. I had some fabulous support um, behind me going, do it, ma, do it. (laughs) So I thought, well, why not? So I did. And it, and it's worked out quite well. I love it. I, I really, and I love my last job. I love the people I work for. And I'd been associated with that company since 1980, actually, uh, pre-kids, post-kids, different positions. And uh, it was kind of sad to leave that, but I have a whole new world out there and I still stay in touch with those people. So it's kind of fun. That's really cool that you kind of found that 
um, late, a little bit later in life. Like that's, that's very inspiring. The funny thing is, is I probably knew about it my whole life. My dad was an advertising executive and we used to sit, we'd be watching TV and, and he'd ask me about commercials and what I thought. And I'd go down to the studios and watch commercials being filmed. And, and for three years, I worked at CBC radio and um, I ended up as a production assistant on a live radio show with voice actors calling in, but it didn't, I, it wasn't me. You know, I was mic shy, I was camera shy, I was shy, but I loved the behind the scenes. So in essence, I learned behind the scenes before I ever stood behind a microphone. I do believe that it's the time I've spent and the dedication to the craft that it really doesn't matter how old you are. There's a voice need for everybody. Totally, totally. So what sorts of um, advertisements or campaigns uh, do you do? So I do commercial work. I do, uh, I'll say online commercials, you know, those six second ads before you see a video on YouTube. Um, I do corporate ads. So when you land on their website, there might be a little video there, an explainer video, um, training, e-learning and training videos for companies. Um, some I can't say they're big, but you know, NDAs, so you can't say who and that sort of thing. Uh, I am the voice of a major bank. Can't tell you who, but you might recognize me if you call. Um, <laughs> and uh, so just about anything, I'm the voice. You know, I do some really fun stuff. Um, I did the voice just recently of a troll in a conservatory down in um, the Phipps Conservatory down in uh, in um, Pittsburgh. Oh, cool. So I'm this little big troll and you have to ask me questions before you get in, you know, so <laughs> it's, it's so much fun. And then I did years ago, a couple of, well, half a dozen years ago, um, downtown Toronto, I got called into a studio and uh, I did a, a really fun job where, you know, it's like, this is the job for the Disney princess. Mm -hmm. And it, <laughs> so I'm kind of all over the place, but you wouldn't always know it's me. Yeah. Very versatile. Yeah. Good range. I used to, you know what, I, I used to study piano, um, oh, classical nice. piano, most of my life, until I became a teenager and decided that I wanted to be a dancer, not not a performer wow. in any other way. And I was always in this, the church choir, the school choir, I love to sing. My brother taught me how to play like the six basic chords on a guitar, you know, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of musicality in my background. And, um, yeah. and I think that helps. Mm -hmm. It helps with vocal control and placement and all that stuff that you have to know. That's so cool. So I didn't even know you were a musician when I contacted you, but that's such a happy coincidence. <laughs> Isn't it? I know. I think that may be why I went, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when I tell people I'm a musician, it often is the gateway to more discussion or connection. Um, that's not why I do it, but it, I've noticed that that helps. Music is, you know, they say music is a window to your soul and it truly mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, people look at me and go classical music and I went, oh, listen to it day in and day out. But I also love the Beach Boys and the Beatles and, you know, Rush, go stick with some Canadian bands. You know, it's just uh, music in general makes my toes tap, as mm -hmm. I say, <laughs> it just does. That's amazing. Do you notice if that, does that ever inform your awareness of sort of the phrasing and natural musicality of your of your voice when you're doing your work oh absolutely absolutely when as, as not even so much in an emotional read but but sometimes you just need to to have a flow to have a flow to your words to make it kind of be a little more emotional or a little more just fluid instead mm -hmm. of just words on a page 
And it's interesting because I've had tons and tons of coaches over the years and some who are musical will use those words. Mm. You know, let's, let's build a script up to a crescendo. And it's like, if you're not musical, you go, but you know, I work well with those coaches because it, it means something to me. So and is there a particular line of this work that you, that's your favorite to do? Anything? Anything. <laughs> it's, it's so much fun to, yeah. because I, a lot of people say I do voiceovers. I'm a voice talent. Um, I'm a voice actor. And, and my theory behind that is these are not my words. The script mm-hmm. is never my words. So I am acting. I am acting as somebody. I am speaking through the expert words of somebody else that I know, perhaps, um, even if it's even if it's on hold messaging. Mm-hmm. You know, am, am I somebody who is talking to a mom and her little kid that just walked into a toy store or am I a vet and I'm really busy, but I've got to entertain you that just came in. like I'm never me. I'm mm-hmm. never Bev. I'm somebody else. I'm always acting. So at the end of the day, you could say to me, so what did you do today? And I go, I have no idea because I've done so many different things. Right. I probably have, I probably do three or four actual jobs every day, but when I'm, when I'm in really good rhythm, I could do 20 or 30 auditions that same day. I couldn't tell you what they are for unless they were really, really hit home. Wow. And where do you, so do you have an agent? Like, where do you find... I'm represented by a number of different agents. I have okay. one in Canada and that's an agreement we have is that uh, I could only have one in Canada, but in the States, you can have one in all States. Oh, wow. So I have regional uh, agents okay. and I have people I deal with overseas as well. They're not all just in the U S um, Mexico, the Netherlands. Just to, oh, you know, wow. Okay. Creative. Yeah. Portugal did a Very job cool. for a gentleman in Portugal yesterday. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Okay. I had no idea you were doing so much work internationally. That's great. That's the awesome. world is very, very small. Probably about a third of my work. I'm a Brit. My mother was from England and um, so flick a switch and I become her. Mm. Right. So it's a fairly authentic accent. It's not yeah. a dialect from anywhere. It's just all of a sudden I'm from Strawberry Hill Twickenham. Wow. And it's just a switch. It's like, oh, now I'm my mom. Wow. So why would they hire? What, what's the benefit of, I guess, because they know your work and they like your voice and you can do the accent. Well, they don't necessarily have to be in the UK. In fact, most of the people in the UK would not hire me. I um, I'm 98. I've been told I'm 98.5% perfect. Oh, wow. And unless I be go, become British, I'll never be perfect. And they can spot it. They, right. you know, the, the, the British Brit. people would okay. know in a heartbeat that I'm not really from Britain. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't audition, although I have British representation and part of that is if it's aired elsewhere, I qualify. Wow. Wow. Who told you you were 98.5? That's so specific. A couple of other British people. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I can't, when I did, I did a, I've done a couple of British demos and I've sent it to them and we said, I sat I was at a conference and I met up with a girl that lived in the area and I said, you know, how, how good am I? Like, am I really good enough to do this? And she said, you're 98.5% perfect. She was running a, uh, an accented course actually at this conference. And uh, she said, you're 98.5% perfect. I said, how do I get better? And she said, be English, wow. go live there, you know, and become British. And, and she said, you're just not, there's a, there's a, a rhythm to their speech that I don't have. So you would do an English accent for, let's say, a, a Canadian 
campaign. Canadian, U.S., in the Netherlands. Sometimes they want an accent that they can't say where it's from. Mm. And there are so many dialects in, in England um, that I'm none of those. Right. So that can be an asset. Then. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And there's a lot of British talent. Why would I try and take work away from them if they really want someone, you know, they say, if you're not truly British, don't. There's others that say authentic reads only. And those ones I do audition for. And only because my training is from the age of birth. <laughs> and they say um, languages and accents are learned at a very early age as one ball in the back of your brain. And it's not until the age of either three or four, it starts to separate. So if you're living in a multicultural family where English is spoken outside of the home, but it's not inside the home, as a baby, you don't differentiate it as two different language. You look at person A and say, you speak like this and person B speaks like this. Mm -hmm. So when I speak to person B, they can only understand me when I speak like this and they learn it from it. So that was kind of the accent I had um, from playing dolls from the day I could talk. I would try and sound like my mommy. And for the, so for the accent workshop, uh how many, I mean, how was that done? How was that? Well, the, the, this instructor would provide scripts and they, people would read with an accent and she'd correct certain words or um, <clears throat> uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, idiosyncrasies, I guess, in, right. in a, a language. But I mean, I have a, a colleague and really close friend and she speaks, I think she said 47 different accents. Wow. So you, yeah, you can learn um, place. It's placement. It's placement of your jaw, your tongue, your throat, your mouth. Um, I always say, if you want to be British, you draw your face forward. If you want to be Canadian, you leave it neutral. And if you want to be American, you pull your lips back. So we say about the yeah. states say about, yeah. And I don't know if you saw that, but about, right. You're kind of pulling your right or about. Right. It's more to the front. It's to the front. So the front, center, and back is the simplest way to define those three. Um, I can't be Australian. People go, oh, well, if you can do British, you can do Australian. I go, can't. Nope. Other than, you know, down under, that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. as soon as I do it, I fall into the British accent. Right. I actually just got hired. Interestingly enough, I got hired to do a very short job and I, they wanted someone who sounded like they were from Tennessee. So I called a guy I know who does voiceover from Tennessee. And I said, what makes me from Tennessee? And we had a little chat and we did. Anyway, I booked the job. So, yeah. Wow. Congrats. <laughs> so auditory too. I mean, going back to the music thing, I mean, just training your ears to be so acutely aware of tone and pacing and phrasing and all of that how to do a 30 seconds in 30 seconds and when they say mm -hmm. "Ooh, that was 31 and a half can you pull that back a little bit you speed up some parts and not others and anyway right. it takes practice but you get it yeah yeah and if you don't you read it again and again yeah and again automotive is famous for that they'll give you 40 seconds worth of copy and say can you do this in 27 and wow. you say yes <laughs> now you're all going to listen to commercials and go, wow, they're talking fast, but they can't sound like they're talking fast. Sometimes they're talking so fast. Yeah. And then, and then you do things like uh, medical um, when you talk about a product and life is horrible. You know, are you struggling to do this? Right. Well, try this. This can cause this side effect, this side effect, this effect. Love life. And you've got to realize that, that right. you'll hear it now that at the beginning, it's poor me. They're all the same. Now, here's the problem. And this is the cure. 
This is the concerns with it. And isn't life great? And you can hear the different tones once you know it exists. Both my parents worked as actors, actually. Um, they met in an acting workshop. That's how they oh, met. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, my dad did mainly TV and my mom uh, was mainly on in theater. Uh, but now she's a midwife, actually. My dad's retired and she's she became a midwife. So changed careers. Uh, also uh, midlife, she changed careers. So You know what? You can do anything. You don't know the path that's going to be thrown in front of you. And you just have to be open to taking that first step. And if it's not something you want to do, backtrack and go the other way. What did you do before this? You mentioned you had a day job. Yeah, what? I worked for a multidisciplinary engineering firm and I started uh, behind a desk and ended up as a construction inspector. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm not somebody that can sit and, and be stagnant. Yeah. I have to learn more. So if somebody's super busy, it's like, can I help you? Do, does most of your work take place uh, on location somewhere or do you, can you do a lot of it from home? I do 90% of it from home, oh, if wow. not more. And I've certainly done a hundred percent of it from home um, since COVID. So the way the industry has worked over the years is you used to have to go into a studio. That's just what you did. Mm -hmm. uh, this kind of setup didn't exist. Uh, you know, the internet wasn't the internet. I remember when Facebook started, you know, like it yeah. was just different. So you'd go into a studio, you didn't have to edit, you'd go home and the job would be done. Then um, everyone panicked and went, oh my goodness, what do you mean you can do it from home? And everyone learned how to do it from home and got microphones and, you know, little booze or closets that were sound treated and, and uh, were able to figure out how to do it from home. And that kind of ties into one of the reasons we're connected in the first place is technology has changed so much in the, you know, 10 plus years that I've been doing this, but it has changed over the last three so fast. Mm -hmm. And this TTS and AI stuff that's coming out, people just have to stop panicking and let's figure out a way to work together because they are real voices um, that are, that are being used to create these, you know, AI and text-to-speech jobs. Mm -hmm. Who's to say it can't be us? It just has to be some guidelines in place. Yeah, so do you want to get into a bit about your story um, with TikTok? Well, yeah, and that's that's why I said it, because um, three years ago, I did a text-to-speech job, and it's the only text-to-speech job I had done. And I was asked to record 10,000 sentences, and so I responded with, what's this going to be used for? And I was told they gave me three languages dash U.S. English translation. I said, OK, that'll be fun. I'll be the voice of a translation app of some sort. And uh, I agreed and carried on and recorded 10,000 sentences. And they all had to be recorded with the same tonality. Wow. Um, so, for example, uh, every line. So they were broken up sentences. So I have a teddy bear and the blankets are wet. The sun is blue. I think I'll eat a banana. Today is this day. What do you think? 10,000 right. sentences. So hours upon hours upon hours every day. I did about three hours max. And then your voice, you either got a morning voice or a night voice. Your, your pitch goes up or down in the morning. You're, and I have other work to do. So I did about three hours a day for several weeks. It probably wow. took us about three months to get it done. And then last November, I got a messenger from a girlfriend of mine and colleague who lives in Portugal. And she said, here's a TikTok video. Is this your voice? And I went, yeah. And she said, what about this one? This is you too, right? And I went, yeah. And so I down, and then my daughter sent me one the very next day and went, mom, and it, it wasn't very polite. <laughs> and I went, yeah, that's me too. 
And so I downloaded TikTok and typed in some stuff and you touch the text and it says text to speech. And lo and behold, there was my voice. And I went, oh my goodness. Wow. They're not my client. How did they? So I called a lawyer. I I didn't know what else to do. I mean, I wasn't going to pick up the phone and say, hi, TikTok. How did you get my audio? You can't do that. So my only option was to to, um, go through litigation. And I happened to know a lawyer who I met at a conference who is also a voice actor, onstage actor, producer, and a really good lawyer. So I called him and he went, absolutely, you have a case. Let's talk. Let's let's give a little bit of, um, probably everyone knows what TikTok is, but TikTok is a video app platform uh, um, which has blown up over the last couple of years. It's originally a Chinese company. And um, this particular feature, someone can type in a certain phrase and then this text is turned into- um, Transcribed into the-, the uh vocal voice transcribed into a vocal voice and this voice was you Mm -hmm. and you had not given permission for this I said TikTok is not my client how were they able to turn any phrase into they took through through AI there are tons of companies that can do that it's all computer generated they take bits and bytes of every audio and to the best of my knowledge you can read the sentence, the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog, which is every letter of the alphabet, and they can turn that into a text-to-speech, an AI voice, and make it say whatever they want. So when I went to the lawyer, he said, this is is a big deal. So you have to be prepared for this. Um, A, it's probably going to take forever because it's just me in a multi-billion dollar company. Um, But it's going to get a lot of recognition, but it is a big deal. And I, I sat there for 24 hours talking to my family and, and I, I just said that it's the right thing to do because they get you, your podcast, they record your podcast. The next thing you know, you're on an, you're on an app. Like you can't do that. You can't do it in the music world. Why can you do it in the vocal, the voice world? Mm -hmm. So this is very precedent setting to protect everybody's rights. And that's when I went, yeah, I got to do this, regardless of the outcome, I've, I've got to do this. Somebody has to stand up against a big company. I, would, I might not have known if it was a smaller company. And for, as far as I know, I could be the voice of a lot of things and I don't even know. Mm-hmm. And that's wrong. It's that's very just wrong. wrong. So yeah. So that's, that's why I'm here. <laughs> well, I've been waiting for a long time for something like this to happen because I knew it would. It seems very, very shady what they're doing. And I was really happy to, well, not happy that this happened to you, but I was happy to come across this story because I think it's really important that you're doing this. So how, how did this happen? I mean, the initial, the initial work was done for a translation app. And then how did that end up on TikTok? Do you know? Nope. Okay. That will all come out in the, the lawsuit. That still has to be uncovered. Mm-hmm. Okay because you thought you were signing for a singular project, but in fact- That's what was agreed to, yes. If you're a voice talent and you're doing this type of thing, you need to read the small print. You need to have a lawyer look at it or your agent look at it and you have to be clear. You know, this is what you can use my voice for. If you sell it, 
I need to either be notified, I need to speak to the new people, I need to authorize the use of my voice to the new company, something has to be put in place. And that, and that's the legalities of it. Like I said, I'm a really good voice actor. Rob's a really good lawyer, and he's going to work that out. But I wouldn't be surprised if this puts some new rules in place. And that's the biggest out of the, you know, what do you want out of this? That's one of the biggest boxes I want checked. And who, who are you suing? called bite dance that's who owns bite dance and that's they're the, that's the parent company right yeah and they're in new york they're in new york okay because i know there are so many factions of tiktok i mean mm-hmm. there's practically for every country there's a a separate entity yeah and where do you draw the line i mean i'm heard around the world and even though i'm not so for those that are not aware um my lawsuit i believe they've taken my voice off So when you type a text to speech, when you type the text and hit text to speech, you don't get my voice anymore. I'm still on it. Any video that was made prior to this with my voice um, is still there, but you cannot create new ones with my voice. And that happened after I filed the lawsuit. Wow. Okay. So when did you discover it was your voice? November. November of 2020. Mm Mm-hmm. Your friend in Portugal sent you a sample of something that you realized was your voice. And then you mm-hmm. got multiple people sending you samples. Mm-hmm. And then when did they take your voice down? Uh, I'll say a week or two ago. Okay. Very recently. Oh, very recently. When does this process go down? You have to appear in court? I don't know what the next step is. Um, kind of waiting for TikTok to... Um, respond. Right. You know, it's all, I just wait and I'm going to get told what I need to get told when the time comes. And then, you know, it's, it's a big company. So yeah. A, I don't know the legal, uh, the legalities of, I've never sued anyone before and certainly no one in the U S and I, and then I guess I could go through Canada too. I, I could probably put a suit in every country, but mm-hmm we'll just just go here. I just would like them to, you know, make it right. I've had a lot of support emails from people I don't know going, I'm going to miss your voice. I really liked your voice. Um, I've had people tell me that uh, I'm really selfish, that it's just a voice. Why don't I just let them use my voice? I've ruined TikTok. I had a couple of people that actually said I've ruined TikTok. And (laughs) so here's the thing. I didn't do anything to TikTok. TikTok is not my client. They chose to put my voice there. They chose to take it down. TikTok did that, not me. So don't yell at me. Um, But this is how I make my living. And if they had come to me and said, hey, we want to use your voice. Let's come up with an agreement. We could have, I could have been the voice of TikTok, but they never did that. I don't know how they got my audio files and that will all come out. And that's, but the world is very, I'll go back to that. We live in a very small global world and uh, in the voiceover industry, at least where I sit in the VO industry, I have connections all around the world Mm -hmm. and the voice I used for that text to speech job is not a hidden voice, a disguised voice, a character voice. It's pretty much my voice. So Mm -hmm. if you know me, you go, is this you? Like it's not hard to tell. Right. Right. If it had been a, an accent or, you know, something that they may have never known. Yeah. But this is, this is very instantly people go, that's you. That's, I had so many people. Wow. 
well, yeah, as you say, it's your work. And if they're going to use it, you deserve to get paid and recognized. Um, and it's like what has been around for a long time with copyright, um, and you know, music and all of that, it needs to be seen as the same as similar to that. Exactly. And there's, there's large brand companies that are using the TikTok voice that is me for their ads on TikTok. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Can you, what are some examples of the ads that you have seen or heard of? Um, well, the ones that have been picked up in the, in the news that have done it, there's Wendy's, KFC, McDonald's. <laughs> For shame. For shame. You know, but they're using the TikTok, TikTok features. Like I just, you know, I've had, I've had, um, talent tell me they've received jobs asking them to sound like the TikTok voice. Wow. Which is, which is fine, you know, but hello, I'm a person. Hire me. I sound like the TikTok voice. So I'm so glad you're doing this. I know it must be stressful, but yeah, I think there's <laughs> going to be a lot of people who hopefully will benefit from this in the future because some president needs to be set. Like they, they can't just have free reign over people's work, people's talent. I'm sure there are musical examples. I I actually know someone who um, it didn't blow up in the way that it did with your story, but um, she had, she was involved in a collaboration with a band and she was doing vocals for that band. And um, the band had done a cover of a song and that song had ended up uh, kind of floating around on TikTok. And she wasn't credited in that um, as well. So I think it's happening more than we think. It is happening a lot more than we think. And I, and I did a, I did an interview with a digital news station that had a demographic of sixteen to twenty-two year olds. And my message to them was, "This is your security. This is your privacy that I'm fighting for." This is not, you know, like I said, I get those negatives going, you just want money. Nope. It's a lot more than that. You know, I have kids, kids have kids. Um, this is your world and you better figure out how to protect yourself right now because it's not like, wait till I grow up. <laughs> it's happening. And what was, what they were doing three years ago when they took my audio has advanced way more than you could even imagine today. And what it'll look like in six months you know, what you heard as an AI voice before was so robotic. Now you're not even sure it's robotic at all. Um, and I know a lot of people say, well, will the voiceover industry disappear? And the answer is no, because you can, you can put some emotion behind an AI voice, but there's, there's so much more that comes from the heart that comes from your soul. If I'm watching a commercial and I hear a mouth click, which is like if your lips stick to your teeth, mm -hmm. it's really annoying. But if I hear that, I stop listening to the message. So as soon as I hear a voice and go, that's a robotic voice, I have stopped listening to your message and I will only listen to that. So right. I don't think the voiceover industry is going away anytime soon. But in saying that, the rules have to be in place and both the talent and creatives need to understand why these contracts or agreements need to be in place. Maybe there needs to be a special clause for social media platforms and things like that mm -hmm. 
you know, yep. um, I had somebody say to me, it should be the standing clause. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> and I'm good with that. <laughs> yes. So yeah, there's a, there's a trend on social media. It's hashtag standing with Bev. And uh, if you use that, I'll say thank you because it means you're supporting my cause. Uh, and I'm up against a huge multi-billion dollar company. And the only way I'm going to stand up and stay strong and not let this get to me, no matter how many years it takes, is knowing that I have people in the world behind me supporting me and saying, hey, keep going because we believe you're doing the right thing. Absolutely. We'll share that hashtag for sure. What do you hope comes from this? I hope that big box that I talked about gets checked and that the industry, that people in, in the industry on both sides stand up and take notice, that the general public stands up and takes notice that this is our privacy. This is, for me, my voice is my product mm -hmm. and I need that protected. Just like you have any patent on shoes or clothes or, you know, you can't patent your voice, but you can, you know, own it. And so copyright does that. Um, and we just need to know that that technology is changing and we have to protect ourselves. It's like all those phone apps that say, you know, who's who's watching you. You can stop people from, you know, seeing what you're seeing and stop those ads from coming. And there's ways to do it. And we have to learn them all. So out of this, I would like the world to be a safer place. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you talking to me. It's fun. I, I, like I said, I was, but as soon as you messaged me and I saw you, all your music and I just said, yes, good connection. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is such a, uh, an important story to get out there. And I'm really quite, um, I'm quite excited to see it turn out well. I really would like it to turn out well for you and for people who come after hopefully this is precedent setting and they won't have to struggle. They'll be able to say, Hey, see what happened here. You know, you can't do that. And th that's my message. You can't do this. I think, I think you deserve an, an apology and some, some cash. Just frankly, make it right. Just make it right. Yeah. Just, just the, the industry has to make it right. We have to figure this out. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story. And also a bit about your work. It was really interesting to learn about that. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah. And the other thing I would like to add is I'm also a coach with, um, uh, it's an online voiceover learning platform that's based in England, but myself and another gentleman, Graham Spicer, represent Canada. And it's gravyforthebrain.com. And there's tons of free information on there. So if you anyone's interested in the voiceover industry, there's some free stuff on there. And it's um, reliable. So, you know, go and have a look. I'm going to check that out. And yes, anyone else who's interested in potential for learning and fun, but also maybe a new exciting career could check yeah. out Gravy yeah, for so. the Brain. Again, I'm just so grateful that you would um, take me up on my request. I know you must be very busy. That's okay. I, I, I enjoy meeting people. So thank you. Thank you for including me in your world. Yes. Thank you very much. And keep up the good job with the podcast. I was listening to a few of them. They're really good. Oh, You're good. Interesting. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. Okay. Bye. Cool. Bye. Stay in touch. Yeah, you too. Okay. Bye.